Praise the Lord. It feels good in the house of God today, doesn't it? Praise God. I, I, was, I was watching YouTube the other day. Anybody ever watch YouTube? I was watching YouTube the other day, and I saw a bunch of young people. These were adults, grown-ups. They're probably 20, 25, 30, uh, <clears throat> you know, more years on. They were on tricycles. These were modified tricycles. They were big old tricycles, and they were zipping down the road. Man, that looks so fun. They were turning. You look like those big wheels we used to have, you know, the ones with the loud wheels. You remember that? No? No. Oh, man. Well, those were made for kids, but they were great for adults, you know. That's what this service is going to be. <laughs> it was made for kids, but, uh, you know. I look at some of the things these kids get to play with now. They have like those battery operated Jeep things. Man, if I had one of those when I was that age, it would have been dangerous. We'd have modified it, right? <laughs> We'd have put a Maytag motor in it. Anybody know? <laughs> We'd have figured out a way to make that thing work right there. Man, that, that's a lot of fun. Sometimes when it's made for kids, it can still be fun for adults. And that's what we're going to do today. Amen. We're going to talk to our young people today. We're going to talk to our kids in school. But when I talk about kids in school and things that are going on in their classrooms, maybe our adults can kind of think about the things that are talking or they're taking place in our colleges or on the job. You know, we can tell the kids to stand up in school. <clears throat> and we find ourselves in that meeting with our peers that we care how we look in their eyes. And when an opportunity to stand tall and stand out comes to us, we might not be so quiet, ready to take our own medicine. I need to do what's right. I need to teach what's right, whether I'm able to do what's right or not then I need to do what's right. I heard somebody say one time, I'm not going to teach that to my kids because I'm not doing good at it. Well, that doesn't make sense. But sometimes we'll actually do that. We'll not teach our kids to do something because we don't feel like we're setting the perfect example in doing that. Well, where would society be if every time somebody failed at teaching something they, that they couldn't do, where would we improve? How could we do that? Well, we're going we're gonna to just trust God that when we teach what's right, God's going to help us do what's right. It's going to be awkward. We're going to talk about standing tall. That's been our, our theme and our, 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 our mantra for this, this event, and it's a, great, it's a great one, standing tall. Standing tall is something we do on purpose. Standing tall is when we refuse to go with the flow. It's when we refuse to let sin be called righteous. And righteousness to be called sin. Isaiah said those times were going to come where they're going to call evil good and good evil. And I'm telling you, those times are right now. They're right now. Right now. When we go to school, and I, I teach in, in elementary school, and I'm, I'm privileged to spend a lot of time with a bunch of uh, first, second, third, and fourth graders, mostly my fourth graders. I get to spend time with them. And when somebody does something wrong, according to the scripture, it seems like it's celebrated in our school. You know, they're, they're given special privileges when, when they, you know, go against the norm, so to speak. But when a kid brings his Bible to school, when a kid starts talking about Jesus, when a kid starts challenging some of the things that other people are talking about to, to him, and he kind of goes against that, he, he seems to get himself in trouble. Now, we can't talk like that here. Well, he's expressing his beliefs. 
she's telling me what she thinks and I'm not asking. This guy asked me and I told him what I thought. Uh, praise God. I think we're in a good time to, to stand tall. That's something we do on purpose. Now, standing out is something a little bit different. Standing out is what happens because God is in us. I stand tall because I'm going to do what's right, but I stand out because I have the Holy Ghost. I stand tall because I know what I need to do when I need to do it, but I'm different. I stand out. You will see me in a crowd because I'm full of the Spirit of God. Praise God. I want to do, a, do, a, do a, uh, an exercise right fast. Everybody take your two hands. If you got something in them, just set that down. Uh, just like this young lady on the front row is doing. Let's, we're going to clasp our hands together. Watch this. Just take your hands. Take a look at your hands. And while you're looking at it, take a look and see which hand, the right hand or the left hand, thumb is on top. So, so I see your left, left, left. Most of you is your left. How many of you, raise your hand if your left thumb is the one on top. Raise your hand if it's your left thumb. All right, raise your hand if it was your right thumb that was, oh my goodness. Okay, now everybody, no matter. So about half of us left, about half of us right now, I want you to try some. I want you to switch it. If it was your left, I want you to put your right. And if it was your right, I want you to put your left. Try it again. Go ahead and do that. Clasp your hands together, but switch it. If it that feels weird, doesn't it? That feels entirely foreign to you. Now, the only reason that feels weird, now you can put it back the other way and you can go, whoo, there we go. Uh, the only reason it feels awkward is simply because you've not done it before. It's not your normal. It's not how you usually do it. It looks the same. In fact, you would never notice, hey, your thumb's on top, it's the wrong one. You'd never notice it in somebody. But when you do things just a little bit different, sometimes it feels awkward. You think everybody's looking at your hands because this just feels so awkward. I mean, it's just like, this just, woo, weird. Standing out sometimes feels like that. No one else may notice the fact that you're going through this strangeness, but, but it's, it, doing something when you everything in you is pulling you to do something wrong and you're doing something right sometimes it just feels that way today in this service we're going to get an opportunity to do something different i i I assure you that today you're going to have an opportunity to stand out or to go with the flow you're going to get a chance to stand out and do what god is asking you to do or you're going to kind of disappear into the background Kind of be like everybody. We don't. We tell our kids, you know, do this, do this, don't do this. Watch out for this. You know, stand. But then here we are. There's going to be a time when I, I'm going to invite all of you to come to this altar. And when I do, many of you, <laughs> you know, hello, you're going to be like, oh no, see, the same God working up there is working back here. God's everywhere. <laughs> He's there. He's over here. <laughs> I kind of like it right here. I don't want to be in the way. I'm going to save that for people that need God. (laughs) Right? But sometimes we're just going to do something a little bit different. Maybe it's not what we always do, but maybe we can try it today. Maybe we could do something a little outside our normal. You know, I don't usually just throw my hands up and worship the Lord, but today I think I'm going to, I think if the Lord speaks to me and if God just, just, just causes me to feel like I want to just lift my hands and worship, I'm going to do that today. You know, if a tear 
begins to well up in my chest. I'm not going to try to hide it and play like, uh, oh, it's my allergies. If we would just let God do what God wants to do today, God could do for you what you've been waiting for God to do. It'll be easy to leave some things on the table today. Anybody ever cooked a really nice meal and then he calls and says, I'm sorry, I'm not coming home for dinner. And you take that meal that was on the table and you have to pack it up or worse, you get an attitude and throw in the trash. No, I'm just kidding. I know that would never happen to any of you. Uh, but you, you have this thing prepared or, or you make this big meal and then the people there, they're not feeling well or they just, they just, then they don't eat it and they just leave it on the table. like, oh, I wonder if that's how God feels sometimes after a service and he's got all these blessings and all these miracles and these deliverances and these helps and these strengths and these amazing things for us. And we say, oh Lord, not today, please. Thank you. You ever been to one of those timeshare places, you know, where you go in and you're supposed to do the tour and you look at the places and then when they're done, they say, okay, we want to invite you to this little room <laughs> and we're going to try to, we're going to try to, you know, get you to be a part of our, anybody, no, nobody ever got the tickets at Disney like that. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 What conversation did you have with your wife before you went to that meeting? Right. It was like, honey, I don't care what they say to us. We are not buying anything. Right. I don't care what they say, no matter how good the deal sounds, we're not. Some of us had that conversation before we came to church today. Look, no matter what that guy says, I'm not quitting this. I'm not going to tell anybody tell me I need to do this or not do this. Uh, They're not taking my cigarettes from me. Uh, Hey, look, it's just a few on Fridays. It'll be all right. I mean, really? Sometimes we have that chat. If we don't have it with our spouse, we sometimes we have it with ourselves. You know, I'm going to church today, but I'm not looking for a new life. Uh, I'm not shopping for a new me. I like the me that I am. You know, I, I'm good enough not to be bad, but I'm bad enough not to be good. I'm kind of right where I want to be, kind of right in the middle. Maybe God's going to call you and talk to you, and he's going to ask you to switch some things up today. And if he does, I just want to encourage you to, to step out. Just step out of that. Just say, Lord, I, I want what you have for me. And if we'll say, Lord, I want what you have for me, God will give you what he has for you today. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to your name. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you for it, mighty Lord. You're so wonderful. We're so when The spirit of the Lord is in the house today. You have ushered him in here. Uh, where when you begin to praise God and worship God, God becomes real to you. When, when we worship other things, God... It, 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 we, we use the word God is far from you. God's really not far from you, but you have put insulation between you and God. You've built this barrier between you and God. God is always right here. We just, you know, we just keep putting layers and layers and layers of stuff between us and God. God is close. When you drop that curtain, boom, he's right there. That, that's why when the sinner that is approaching God, he's just right there. It's like, yeah, I've been running from God. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, man, Lord, where are you? He goes, I'm right here. <laughs> I can run too. <laughs> hey, well, oh. You know, it's not how far we are from God. It's what, what direction we're facing. And you may think you're a long ways from God. And you just turn around and bam, you're right there next to the Lord. 
You feel the Holy Ghost just beginning to move and just kind of, he's like he's pulling on your coat like this. He's like, hey, <laughs> this could be your place. This could be your day. Because it doesn't matter how close you think you are to God. If you've got your back to him, you're a long ways from him. I don't want to be a long ways from God. Praise God. We've been talking about standing tall. We've been talking about that the Bible said that one day good will be called evil and evil will be called good. And here we are in that place right here. Our schools, our jobs, everywhere that we are. We were reminded about the three Hebrew children in the book of Daniel. And she she mentioned Daniel earlier today. What a a powerful, powerful message and an account that it is of God's presence in the book of Daniel. These three Hebrew children, they were captured from their, their place. They were likely royalty. They were likely a part of that king's family. And they came in and Nebuchadnezzar said, I want the best of the best. And so he got all the straight A students from the schools and he got all the family of the kings and nobles, ones that had been trained with etiquette and all that kind of good stuff. We want to bring him down here. They went to school for a couple of years, three years. They learned all the ways of Babylon. They learned all their gods. They learned all their stuff. And just before it came time to go before the king and, and he could present them his trophies, he was 10 times better than all the other kids. The last thing they wanted to do after they, after they indoctrinated them, after they changed their, 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 their culture, after they changed their environment, after they changed the rules, then they tried to change their names. And they changed the names from names that gave God glory to names that sounded like they were giving these other fake gods, the God of Venus, the God of the sun, the God of fire, their names. These guys weren't going to have it. I said, you can, you can call me something different, but I'm still who I am. You know, it doesn't matter what you call that person in school. They are still who they are, just saying, you know. Um, <laughs> you call them whatever they ask you to call them, but that doesn't change what's really going on in there. You know what I'm saying? That's just kind of how it is. You know, it, it, you, can, you can call me what you can call me names and you can call me this and blame me for that. But I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm victorious. Praise God. You can be victorious in your school and on your job. I'm telling you, school's a crazy place because we make it a crazy place. Praise God. it's, It's a place that we need the power and the presence of God. Those three Hebrew children, they went, they had their names changed, but they didn't change who they were. When it came time for them to stand tall, they stood tall. They said, I'm not going for this. And because that, God gave them the power to stand out. You know, when Jesus Christ was walking down the the Sea of Galilee and he saw a bunch of guys fishing. You know, anybody ever been fishing before? Like real live fishing with like bait and you caught a fish, you know, and you had to do the touching the fish thing. When you got home, (laughs) uh, could you tell you've been fishing? (laughs) Yeah, there's something about being a fisherman that mama knows. Sometimes I come home smelling like bait. (laughs) And sometimes I come home smelling like fish. If I come home smelling like fish, uh, you can tell where I've been. No doubt Peter in the Bible, uh, when Jesus was walking past Peter and James and John and Andrew and those boys, you could tell what they did with their day, right? You could tell where they spent their time. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if the world looks at you and can tell where you spend your time. There's just something about you. There's something that goes in front of you that says, I've been around this all day long. When you've been around fish, you just know it. My my daughter used to work at Starbucks and she'd come home from work smelling like coffee. 
I have to admit it, I lingered when I hugged her. <sighs> Welcome home. <laughs> I just wanted to be around her because it just, it was just some, some aroma about her. Yeah, you're seeing this connection. You know, when you, when you stand tall for what you believe in, when you're spending time in the presence of the Lord, there is, there's something akin to an aroma that just, it just draws people. They're not drawn to you, except in the case of my daughter. I was actually drawn to her, but while I was there, I was drawn to that fragrance that she just emanated from her. And sometimes that's what happens in your world. When we stand tall, you will stand out. Standing tall is something you do, but standing out is something God gives you. It's that aroma that he puts in your life. You ever been somewhere and someone says, mm, you're different. You're, there's something about you that's different. I don't know why I'm going to promote you. There's three people that are more qualified than you, but there's just something about you. Hey, that's my aroma. I've been with Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's the spirit of the Lord that goes before me. That's the favor of God that I have. Uh, that's, that's something that's real for me. And that's the power of God in my life. And I'm thankful for that. And you have that. Or you don't have that. If you do have that, praise God for it. But if you don't have that, I'm telling you, this is a good place to get some of that. It's a good place to get some of that. Well, Brother McCall, how do I get some of that? There's this, there's this, this, this disease that is, you know, some people get fearful of. It says Samania. I'm afraid if I go to that church, I'm going to get Samania. Honey, honey, if you go to that church and you start raising your hands, you're going to come home with Samania. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to, you, you know, you know what it's like. You're, you're at work and somebody asks you to say grace <laughs> and you're like, Lord, bless. I got some on me and you could get some on you too. <laughs> and they're like, man, that was some grace that you were saying right there at that meal. I don't know if I want to go to that church. I'm afraid that you're going to get Samania and you're going, to, you're, going to get, you're going to turn out just like them. You know, you are the company you keep. And if you spend time with the Lord, you're going to start, you're going to start emanating of the things of God. And I'm, and I'm thankful for that. Standing tall and standing out. It's one of the things that we're supposed to focus on in our lives. And in here in the house of the Lord, I want to encourage every one of you to stand tall. When the right is before you, do right. When wrong is an option, you think, in your life, I want to challenge you to do what's right instead of when everyone else is doing. The scripture tells us that straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And he said, and few there be that go in thereat. There's not a lot of people that find that way. He said, but then he says, but broad is the gate and wide is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. It's as if everybody is going the wrong way. Someone says, well, I'm just going with the crowd. I'm just following the crowd. I'm following them out. I'm just doing what everyone else is doing. I'm going with the flow. Well, has it occurred to us that perhaps the flow is flowing the wrong way? If you're going with the flow, you're going the wrong way. Sometimes standing out. Well, don't be a stick in the mud. <laughs> Anybody ever been called a stick in the mud? Yeah, feeling kind of by myself. Thank you very much. I'm so glad that I'm the only one that's been like that. 
Well, a stick in the mud is that thing that when it sticks up out of the water that's flowing down there, it just parts the water and the water goes right by it, but it never moves. You know what? I think sometimes I just need to be a stick in the mud. You stick me down there and that water's going by me and it just parts that water. Everybody else can pass me by. You can do what you want to. You can say what you want to. You can tell those jokes. You can laugh at those jokes, but I don't want anything to do with that. I want to do what you want me to do. Amen. Praise God for that. Praise God. When the crowd is doing the wrong thing, just stand out. Amen. When the person that you thought was your best friend wants you to do something that's wrong, it's okay to stand out. Amen. Not because you want everybody to see you, but not because you want everyone to think you're perfect, but because you are different. Amen. You are bought with a price. You're different. You're not like you used to be. You don't enjoy the things you used to enjoy. Sin is not fun anymore to you. When you spend time with Jesus, things are just different. Praise God. It's your answer. Going to church is important. Spending time in prayer is important. Being here is important. Not because it's what mom and dad does. Not as what because good people do. Not because everybody else goes to church somewhere and this is the, this is the, you know, the best choice that we can find. It's because spending time with Jesus makes a difference. Amen. Praise God. Going to church is a good thing. I'm looking outside and I'm, I'm seeing some faces. You know, I can see you. <laughs> I'm seeing some expressions that, you know, it's like, oh, man, what did it cost you to get in here? <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, it's just how it is, I guess. When some of us kind of, you know, we come to church and we're like. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about, you know, one that, that I, you know. My wife tells me sometimes, she says, uh, you know, your, 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 your face, Jerry, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it just says so much. What does that mean? Like, what does what mean? I didn't say anything. Oh, no, no, that look. I'm like, that look was my look. <laughs> what were you thinking? No, you don't want to go there. <laughs> look, make me responsible for my words. I, I kind of at least has a little bit of control over those. Now, my thoughts might be different, <laughs> but sometimes our thoughts just kind of come out of our face. Yeah. <laughs> your thoughts might be coming out of your face right now, and I don't want, don't we want that to happen right there. <laughs> you know, they, they say, I don't know if you smile because you're happy or you're happy because you're smile. I'm not sure, you know, which way that works, but maybe we should try that experiment right there. Let's just smile really big. <laughs> I wish we could get some of that. <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? You know, truth be known, I really can't see you. These lights are so bright, and there's just these bunch of halos out there, and I'm sure that, that, I'm sure that you're all absolutely, absolutely beautiful. This happened in the Bible. Let me watch this. This is what you do, and you get back on your notes right here. When Jesus called his disciples, and they were doing their own thing, in Matthew chapter 4, Simon and Andrew, they were not fishing. They were out there in the boat, and, with their, and they, were, they, were, they were getting their nets ready and fixing their nets and doing the things that, that, that fishermen kind of do in the morning. And Jesus comes to them, and he says, hey, I I want you to quit your job. I want you to abandon your career and I want you to do what I'm doing. I want you to follow me. And I don't know how that must have looked that day, but that had to be radical for those guys. And now Jesus, not a fisherman, is walking beside a couple of, they've been up all night. They got to be scraggly and they got to smell like all sorts of nastiness. 
But does it bother Jesus when our nastiness is close to him? Uh, he, he can fix that. He wants to clean us up, right? And he calls a couple of more fishermen. And there they go. They're walking with Jesus now. They still stink. <laughs> you know, sometimes people walking with Jesus still stink. They're just not quite there to the cleanup part yet. You know, we've got to get there. We've got to love them. Now, if you've been with Jesus for more than very, you know, and you're still, you know, maybe we should, yeah, okay, fill in the blanks with that, right? We shouldn't stink too long that we've been with Jesus. Uh, but but they, they, they still smell that way. They still kind of look that way. But then after just a little while with Jesus, they began to take on the character of Jesus. They begin to listen to his teachings like you're listening to the teachings. And when you're in school and you've been exposed to some of these things and the power of God has moved in your life, I want you to know that people can tell those things and you stand out. You stand out. Peter, the same guy, three and a half years later, he, at the Garden of Gethsemane, the bad guys come and take Jesus. They're hauling him off to court. Peter, just three and a half years, still this fisherman guy. He's still got it in his blood. No telling him what he's doing. Uh, but, but then he goes to this burn barrel to try to warm himself while he's got one ear trying to see if he's supposed to do something for Jesus over there. You know, one minute he's saying, Lord, I'll do anything. I'll die for you. And the next minute he's like, yeah, well, death sounds so permanent. <laughs> He's like trying to listen and trying to do. And the people look at him and says, you're, you're not like everybody else at this burn barrel. You're different. What's a guy like you doing in a place like this? Isn't it strange when the world has to ask us that? You just don't belong here. That's just not like you. And that's what they told Peter. You, you, you just don't, you don't sound like us. You don't, you don't walk like us. You don't look like us. You're not of this world, are you? You've been with that guy, haven't you? Sure enough, they called him out on the situation, and he had been with Jesus. In Acts chapter number 3, we see Peter and John, they're about to go to church. And sitting outside the church was this guy that couldn't walk. He had never walked in his life, and he's just sitting there by the church. Isn't it crazy that you can find people with problems at church? Just like you can find sick people at a hospital, you know? You know there's sick people in a hospital, and you know that nurses get sick? Go figure that, right? <laughs> Nurses or doctors actually get sick. It happens. Sometimes in one moment, you could be helping someone else, and the next moment, somebody else is helping you. Isn't that kind of like church? I know we all need help. We're not all there. We're not all finished. Sometimes we all need help. It's okay to talk to somebody. Just because you're a leader in the church, just because you're a Sunday school teacher, just because you've been coming a couple of times, doesn't mean you don't need to give pastor a call every now and then. Amen. Maybe it needs to be you at an altar and say, well, I can't go to that altar. That's just for people, you know, those, you know, those kind that don't. And I'm struggling with a weight that I can't seem to get off my shoulders. Maybe we just need to kind of do it the different way. Just try something different. We're just going to do something a little bit different. I feel the Holy Ghost in the room today. Speaking to somebody. Listen to what God says for you. Listen, do you know God knows everything about you? Did you know God knows the burden that you're carrying and he knows what's going on in your life? There is a God that knows everything and that God is calling you today and he has prepared this event. He knew exactly what was going to happen today. And he called you to be here because he loves you and he wants something for you. And it's up to you today to decide if you're going to go with the flow or if you're just going to do something a little bit different. I mean, it's up to you. You can leave food on the table. You can leave miracles at this altar. You can leave healings at this altar. You can, you could leave, you could take depression home with you today. You could take that anxiety home with you. You could take those stresses and problems and you can keep on trying to do it all yourself. 
Or we could just come to the Lord and say, Lord, okay, I'm going to give you a shot at this. I'm going to give you a shot at this. It's too often, some of us, we come to the altar and we unload on the altar and we're like, oh, that feels so good. Thank you so much, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, oh, I left that at the altar. Better go get it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we need to just kind of leave some things. I and mean, when the next time the enemy brings it up, you say, oh, hmm, you know what? I seem to have left that at the altar. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's not mine anymore. Jesus fights my battle. I fought my battle on my knees. When it broke me down, I unloaded and I gave it to God. Amen. Praise God for that. Thank the Lord for that. Glory, glory, glory. Praise God. Praise God. So in, over in Acts chapter 3, here it is. Peter and John, they go to the, the, the church and they see the guy laying from his mother's womb. And he, 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 he said, man, I'm glad they were broke that day. He didn't have any money. Silver and gold have I none. See, that's one verse I can relate to. <laughs> man, I am biblical, aren't I? <laughs> Ooh, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have give I thee. So I'm glad because you know what? There is no telling how many people that had what they needed but passed them by because they had what they thought they needed. You know, sometimes there's some friends that may come to you and they may say, oh, I'm having a real hard time in my math class. And this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. this, And all it is is they just want to be near Jesus because your presence has the presence of the Lord something about God that they were clinging to, they were hungry for, and they just made up a reason to get close to you. I was in the UK and we were doing children's ministry and all kinds of great things were happening. And, and all these kids were just mesmerized. They were just so interested in my experiences and they were so, just so drawn to my wisdom and my knowledge. And, and they were just sitting there, they just kept on just listening and listening and listening. And I was just feeling so proud of myself. And then finally one of them said, oh, no, keep talking. We like the way you talk. They didn't want what I was saying. They just, they just wanted to be around me. And sometimes people really aren't asking you for the things they really want from you. They just don't know how to get what it is that you've got. So they're just trying to get what they know you'll give them. So here's my silver and here's my gold. And they go home lame. Here's my silver, here's my gold, but I'm not going to give you the name of Jesus. Here's my silver, here's my gold, but I'm not going to take time to lay my hands on you and pray for you. What are you going to think? What are you going to say? What if God doesn't answer? None of your business. <laughs> this is not a three-ring circus. Can you imagine what would happen if everyone you laid your hands on, bam, received the gift of the Holy Ghost and was healed? You know what would happen? There would be news reporters saying at 7 o'clock, Brother McCool is going to reach out and he's going to pray for this guy. We're going to watch it here. We have heart monitors set up on this guy. We have infrared cameras. We got all kinds of cool things. Watch what happens as this freak does a phenomenon. (laughs) It would become a three-ring circus. It would be totally manipulated. Everything would go whack. But that's not the way God planned it. God has a plan. And here's how God works. God sends somebody hungry to you and says, you do something for them. (laughs) That's how it works every time. We don't go hunting people. We just go being sensitive to the Lord. And the Lord says, ah, now. I was in the grocery store one time in the produce section. And these three kids came up to the produce section. They're like talking about something. And they asked me something about God. And I'm like... 
Really? I mean, I'm in the grocery store. I wasn't there. I was, I was in the grocery store. You know, you're like doing your thing, and sometimes I can be very focused. And they said something about God, and they said something, and the Lord says, you need to pray for them. I'm like, oh. Oh, this is what those private ones are, you know, churchy ones. This was like a real live, like, grocery store. And I'm like, well, it was in my hometown. <laughs> now I can do that with a pastor beside me from another city, and I'm somewhere else, you know. I'm just saying, okay. Right. Yeah, I'll wear the same kind of shoes you do. <laughs> My hometown, you know, people I knew. And I'm like, what if God doesn't answer? I'm like, since when do I tell God what to do? I just tell you God can. And I do what God says. And then it's up to him. <laughs> it's just up to him. If you'll take the blame for him not doing it, you'll take the credit for him doing it. So just stay out of it, right? Praise God. We prayed for them, and God did a great thing in their lives, and, and I'll never forget those three. They were just shocked that I did it, and then they were shocked at what they felt. They're like, ooh, that was weird. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's weird. That's God. Peter and John got in trouble that day, just like you will at school or at work, something like that. You know, he got in trouble that day, and they ended up getting you know, called in front of the principal, and they got called in front of the priest and the, you know, all the big wigs and all that kind of stuff, and they started messing with them. What do you think you're doing? And you know, surely a notable work has been done because that lame guy's up walking around. They couldn't say anything about it. They couldn't, they, they couldn't say anything about it, but this time it was a little bit different. This time there was some, some wisdom being given to those people. In Acts chapter number 4, that's in verse number 12 through 14. Check out these verses here. Now, this is after Acts 3 where he heals that lame man, or that lame man is healed by God, and he goes into the church, and he's jumping and leaping and all that kind of stuff. And then he gets called into the principal's office, and here is what James and John are saying. He preaches this message. He says, you guys did all these bad things like that, and this is, I'm not worried about what to say. I know exactly what to say. And he says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Who go Peter, right? Next verse, verse 14. I mean, I'm sorry, verse 13. It says, now when, woo, blah, blah, blah. I told him to do that, my, my bad. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they thought, wow, these are really smart people. No. Wow, they know that Bible. No. You know, I don't want to witness until I know the Bible. Like, you know enough of the Bible. You have an experience. He didn't say you'll be theologians or scholars. He said you'll be witnesses. <laughs> he said you'll be witnesses. You'll tell them what happened to you. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. How's that, right? You'll be witnesses. It worked for me. It'll work for you. That's a witness, right? I saw it with my own eyes. That's a witness. He said they perceived that they were, <clears throat> thank you, King James, unlearned and ignorant men. They were... Um, they were like stinky fishermen with three years of school. They marveled. Wow, you guys. And they took knowledge of them, not how smart they were, not how eloquent their words were. Not, they, they took not. Ooh. I see Jesus on you. <laughs> I smell Jesus in the house. 
I smell miracles. I, 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 it reminds me of a time I went to church. It reminds me of the time Jesus did something in my world. I have hope and I have faith and I, I feel like something good is about to happen. When you walk into some of these situations, people are going to look at you and go, ooh, I felt like this before. I know what this is. Grandma used to pray and I felt like this when I was just a kid. You got what I'm looking for. I've been looking for that. I want what you've got. They marvel. I said, you've been with Jesus Praise God. You know, when you're in school, when you're at work, people are going to marvel at you that you have been with Jesus. Praise God. The Bible has a word for this. That sense that you stand out. That sense that you belong to Jesus. And Jesus belongs. It's called a holy, separated, and dedicated toward the things of God. Different, unlike the crowd. It means you're more like Jesus than the people you go to school with means that you're more like Jesus than the people you're on the job with. You're more like Jesus than everybody else walking down the road. You've got something they don't. You've got something they need, but you've got something that they don't. Amen? Praise God. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for it like that. Somebody said it this way. If you fit in the world, you don't fit in with Jesus. I'm holy, separate. That's what separated means. That means you're apart from, you're different, you stand out. Now, we don't stand out like we stand tall. We don't stand out different to be different. You're unique just like everybody else. (laughs) You're unique just like everyone else. Now, isn't that an oxymoron? I mean, it seems like it's mutually exclusive. You can't be unique and like everyone else at the same time. But you're unique just like everyone else. But this time, you can be unique because you've been with Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. This means that not only can you stand out or not only can you stand tall, but you can stand out. Musicians, if you could come, I believe the Lord wants to do something wonderful and how and why he does something wonderful is because God loves you. He loves you. If you could somehow perceive the love of God, that we could know that God really loves you and that God knows your tomorrow. You don't know the battle you're going to fight. If you've ever played a video game, anybody ever played a video game? I'm hoping somebody, oh, thank goodness somebody has played. And you're playing this little video game and you're bring, bring, bring. And you're going around this little room with your little dude, right? And you see a blinking box on the floor. Blink, blink. What do you do? You get that box. You activate that box. You, you get it because that means you've learned, I don't know, if you see a key laying on the floor and it's like, what do you do? You go to it automatically because you know what? You're about to need it. <laughs> you're about to need that key. When you're in this video game and you see something there, you need to go get it because you're about to come to a door that needs that key. When you're at church and God begins to speak to you and God begins to talk to you and God begins to reveal things to you, pick it up because you're about to need it. You're about to use it. There's about to be a door that's closed that the key you get today is going to open it. There's a key here today. And I believe that that key is going to be, you know what? It's time for me to stand tall so that God can help me to stand out. Amen. 
Amen. Can we all stand? Can we all stand? Yesterday, the Hebrew children stood out amongst all the other people. They were different. They thought differently. They acted differently. And the same thing is true with each and every one of you. You say, Brother McCool, I haven't stood out like I needed to. There have been times when I should have stood tall and I didn't. I bowed down. And I can't hold the same record as those three Hebrew boys. When the pressure came, I caved in. And I don't know what to do about that. I've been one of those people that actually tried to get other people to do wrong so I could feel better. I feel terrible about that. What do I do? Well, I've got some good news for you. That's exactly what happened in the Bible. The very same people that cried, crucify him. Just a couple of months later, we're asking Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You've come to the right place with questions. I am not your answer. I can show you the answer. But ultimately, it comes to this very moment right now where you decide whether you're going to sit back or stand out. This is what's going to happen. We're going to pray, and you're going to ask God. I'm going to lead you. Sometimes, you know, getting the right words to pray is kind of awkward and different. Sometimes it helps to have someone else pray with you. I'm going to pray, but you're going to pray, and you're going to ask God to lead you in these next few moments. When we have a repented heart, no sin, Lord, would you forgive me for everything I've done wrong? I'm sorry for that. Lord, I know that was wrong and I ask you to forgive me. And the power of Jesus Christ, Calvary, takes away those sins. You stand before God with an empty heart, just like this. Just like an empty vessel like a container with nothing in it. And then you begin to worship God with your voice, your words. Lord, you're amazing. I love you. When I think about how many times you've saved my life, I am so thankful for you. God, you created me. You gave me joy when I didn't think there would ever be joy again. You have fixed me when I was broken. You picked me up when I was lower than low. And you brought me to this house of God to give me power to become a witness. When you speak those things before God, you're experiencing exactly what they experienced in the second chapter of Acts. What do we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Lord, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Well, I did that last month. Do it again. Lord, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I'll never do it again. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, if we could put it up there, just, just so that we can see it for a moment. So when you repent and you're baptized in Jesus' name, look, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, something's missing. According to John chapter 3, Jesus talking to Nicodemus in the first few verses, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. The water is baptism in Jesus' name. Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19 tells you all about that. Read the book of Acts over and over and over. You'll get it. When 
you're born of the water, you're baptized. Born of the spirit, then you are born again. A new nature, the nature of Jesus Christ comes into you. You have the power to be witnesses. You have the power to stand up against sin. You have the power to do right. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You will receive, it's a promise. That next verse said the promises to you, to your children, to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Right now, he's calling you. He's calling you. Maybe it feels like you're locking your fingers just a little bit differently. Kind of feels strange. What am I going to do? What if I cry in front of my friend? What if tears come down my cheeks? What, 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 if, I, what if I get the Holy Ghost and I, and I start blabbering in some foreign language and I don't know? What if I make a fool out of myself? Look, I would rather be a fool for Jesus than a fool for this world any day. Any day. The Holy Ghost is in this house. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you you were going to get a chance to go with the flow or to stand out. When these praise singers began to usher in the presence of the Lord, when we begin to worship, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Lord lives in and inhabits the praises of His people. When you begin to praise and worship, these leaders begin to lead, the Holy Ghost is here, begin to lead us in worship. And you make your way to an altar of God with a repented of heart. God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost and you will receive power from on high. All over the house, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, to wash me and clean me from everything I've done wrong. Remind me of things you want me to take care of today. And as you bring them to my mind, I'm gonna give them to you, Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm ready to stand out. I'm ready to be exactly what you would have me to be. This altar is filling up. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for not listening to your flesh. Thank you for not fearing, but saying, Lord, I'm ready to give you my battles. I'm ready to watch you do what only you can do. Make plenty of room at these altars. Come all the way to the front so that everyone that wants to come can come. Lift your hands up to the Lord and begin to love on him. Use your voice and watch what God will do for you. It's gonna work today. Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to 